your son wants to fuck me and your daughter wants to be me. If that is not cancel me, baby, personified, I hereby quit, bitches, okay? And do you know who said these words to me? Fittingly, Lou motherfucking Lou Ridley. See, I can't even like. Did I say that? You said that to me the very first time that we met. You're not serious. I am actually (laughs) serious, and it has been my mantra and persona ever since, like tattooed on my ass. So everybody, welcome Lou Ridley to cancel me, baby. Okay, she is a badass. She's a real life witch. I mean, look at her. She (laughs) is a vibe. She is a musician with a message. And what I love about Lou, so literally move to Nashville, sit down for coffee with this bitch. And she is like just going off like I just said. And it is a total and complete vibe. And what I love about her and something I relate to is that, like I said, she's a a bitch with a message, which we love. But you are very much about not beating people over the head with your art, but kind of like sneaking through the back door and (laughs) fucking their shit up, right? Also, you are not about like the partisan, when we sat down that day, you have your issues with wokeism, with conservatism. So I love that about you. And you are just like a witty, quick, sharp tongued, like, on it. You guys should see our conversations. And so we're going to get into all kinds of great um, shit today. Like we said, when we just sat down here, we're both basically PR nightmares. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. a time, like you, me in the fireplace, like just really, publicist. no, no, exactly. <laughs> just really going ham. Um, hi, Lou Ridley. Hey. Revenge Barbie. I just thought it was cute for December. So, oh, just for December. Yeah. I think I'll have a new personality in January. Oh. Because, so Lou has Revenge Barbie in her IG bio. And I actually want to ask you about Barbie. Okay. Okay. Because have you followed any of the new Barbie trailer that's come out? No. Okay. So they're doing like a live action Barbie movie. With Ryan Reynolds? Yes. 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 Okay. And Margot Robbie. Okay. Wait, is it Ryan Reynolds? No, no, no. Sorry. Ryan Gosling. Okay. It's which is, I don't know. And no, exactly. Like their faces all blend together and it's just, it's just a thing. And so Greta Gerwig's directing it. Anyway, it's this whole thing because the teaser trailer came out, right? Mm -hmm. And it's Barbie in all of her glory. And she is just like this feminist boss of pink plastic gorgeousness that she is right Mm -hmm. and the whole trailer I think captures like even though people can make fun of Barbie I think it captures what it brought into the world like a woman's place and the fact that at the time in the 50s like you didn't just have to be a housewife you could be like vet Barbie astronaut Barbie firefighter Barbie right but at the same time we both know that Barbie's gotten so much shit through the years for being this like patriarchal view of unattainable beauty, blonde right. and skinny with da da da. But it's like Barbie's fucking hot and she has her touchstone moment. I'm right. obviously iconic in history. Right. So given that you are revenge Barbie, <laughs> just talk to me about that and like what the Barbie icon symbolizes to you, even right. though, like I said, it's frivolous and silly, but also someone as you are, who's so passionate about being a woman, right? Rice, yeah. Right. Love my vagina. In, yeah. in pop culture. <laughs> yeah. Talk to me, Revenge Barbie. Uh, well, I think that when I started posting stuff on TikTok, one of the first things that everybody had to say when they were discounting the point I was making was the way that I looked. It was like, okay, white girl, blah, 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 blah. So I'm a big proponent of taking insults and digesting them and shitting them out all over people. So if people are going to discount my intelligence because I look the way that I look, then sure, yeah, I'm Revenge Barbie. And before that, I was a witch. I'm still a witch because my ex would run around town calling me a witch. So I'll be that too. I don't really give a shit. I just think like you know, I just found the insult to be fascinating. So I was like, okay, then I'll call myself a Barbie if that's what you want me to be. I feel like you're a dis chameleon. It's like diss me and I will play it up and do it better, bitch. I'll so- just do it. I, I mean, I can't, I am white. There's no getting around that. There's no getting around the fact that I'm a woman and there's no getting around the fact that I'm small framed. That doesn't discount what I'm doing in the world, but to old fat bald men it does so but does it because I feel like we have I talk about this on my show all the time like a power over them that a fat bald dude could never 
compete with. Like, and that's what brings it back to the Barbie thing, why I think it's so iconic because, and why I sometimes like, I actually was surprised when this trailer came out that there weren't think pieces out the asshole being like, oh, but like the patriarchy's view of a woman, let's not, let's not forget the unattainable da da da. And like, that's the thing about Barbie. It's like this sexual male fantasy. And it's also like, I'm fucking Barbie, bitch. And I can, yeah. and I can go to space tomorrow yeah. and then I can save a cat from a fire the next yeah. day and be a teacher and a nurse and do whatever I want. Right. right. So the bald fat guy, he ain't got that. He ain't got that power to tap into. Like well, we I just love the idea that there is a group of cis white men in the world that want to hate fuck me. So I think it's fun. But how, wait, how do you know? Are they like... You just know when you know that we've been avoiding them our whole lives. Like we've been avoiding those men, those really misogynist and their weight has nothing to do with it. But it's just right, like right. the misogynist, like <clears throat> the embodiment of of uh, anti-progress looks can look a specific way and the way that they speak to me and about me on my social media I'm not stupid do you think it's because there's something about it to where it's like a jealousy it's almost like I couldn't have you and it's like what you said it's like I want to hate fuck you kind of thing like that idea of almost being like this is a cliche, but like the nerdy kid in high school or something who like right. couldn't get the girl. And now it's like, I'm going to take my vengeance out on these hot women. Yeah. I'll, I'll show you I'll, like that. Well, and they're like that to all beautiful women. I'm not like some spectacular sideshow. Like, I mean, there are women, unbelievable women on social media. So beautiful. And it's the same kind of guys that are under there just being disgusting. And you start to notice a pattern. And I don't know whether it's because they were uncool in high school. I don't know what their fucking problem is, but I'm happy to play into it. But something that's so that I so admire about you, and obviously, like, you are so outspoken, and I love it. And I remember when we sat down that first day for coffee. First of all, it was supposed to be an hour. We're there for, like, three hours <laughs> talking about – and I'll never forget it. I left – and I call my my man and I'm like, I love this girl. <laughs> and a lot of the times, you know when someone's going off and you're like, just shut the fuck up. I was like, she's so about what she's about and right. cool that I, I said to him, I was like, I don't even care. Right. Like, And I was like, here we are. We just meet for coffee. We're talking about social issues and, right. and rights and right. all this. And it was just the coolest thing. But what I so respect about you and love about you is that you are so vocal, and we'll get into this, about – women's rights mm -hmm. you yourself are a multiple time assault survivor mm -hmm. yet you do not shy away from your sexuality like you claim that <laughs> shit it's like barbie's like literally barbie's like manager publishes everything right here because you are out here on ig just it's almost like you're reclaiming your sexuality mm -hmm. like it's yours mm -hmm. it's no one else's mm -hmm. and i imagine that that is really cognizant for you as someone who yeah. has been through hell too. Well, I think when I first started getting into music, it was after a number of assaults and I, I really boxed myself in to like a little shame bubble where I was like, mm -hmm. I can't be too sexy. I don't want to be the girl with their tits out. I don't want to. And that was my own thing. There's nothing wrong with having your tits out clearly. But like I had, I, I used to have a thing too, by yeah, the way. Like when the, you, when you want to be taken seriously and then you also have had bad experiences with men, you kind of, there are only so many directions as a woman that you go, I went the shame route. So I went the cover me up, you know, don't be sexy, don't be this, don't be that. But as I got older, I'm like, yeah. well, I better take pictures of these tits while they're up here because I don't know, my mom's tits are still up here. So maybe I'm good. But like, you know what I'm saying? I just, <laughs> jeans. I just, None of it fucking matters. Everything is a game. Everything is you projected out. So I don't care anymore. And I've had women who are like, I like that you're sexy. I like that, you know, you're comfortable with yourself. Of course, both of us have the socially acceptable kind of appearance. So I don't find myself to be brave or anything like that. But I do find myself to be in ownership of my sexuality because if you're going to people are going to perceive it how they perceive it no matter what. So I may as well give you something to talk about. Mm -hmm. And I love how you said it's not brave, but I'm owning it because we're also in a time where every other thing a woman does, it's like, it's so brave. It's so brave. It's and not brave of me. Like, I like won't speak for any other woman, but it's not brave for well, me. Well, it's I, also like, like acceptable. 
and it's like it's brave if it's like someone's shows or cellulite or does this or that and it's almost like who fucking cares like it almost when someone really is brave it like waters it down right but I like what you said about ownership and I think that it I don't know about you and your art but for me one fuels the other like when I know I am looking like that fantasy say and I feel really hot and really good I mean hell I don't have a no bra on and my snakeskin boots you know paying ode to Miss Julia Roberts on a Saturday like for no reason right, right. and it emboldens me to unleash my other side and yeah. whether it's that dude or whether it's yeah. this person at a at a networking or at a meeting or whatever it is to be like I can outsmart you and go toe to toe with you and have ideas like your music that impact and influence the world like I can own I this is both. my this is my thing that I discovered like for many years of my life everyone was telling me you have to pick a lane you have to pick a lane you have to pick a lane. It's you're Don't the talk hot girl about or politics. the smart girl you're the or hot the, girl or the smart yeah. girl maybe for men they have to pick a lane because they're more center focused and a lot of them don't have the emotional intelligence to be 10 things at once but as women (laughs) they're simpletons our gift as women is that we do have dichotomy constantly we have so much like I'm one person this day one person this moment and but it's all the same woman if you go deep enough but like I I got out of the I got out of the like weird think tank of like you, well, you have to be this way and you have to be this way all the time. You have to be digestible. So sometimes I want to be sexy. Sometimes I want to dress like mm-hmm. the church people I grew up around. Some people, I, whatever I want to do, I'm going to fucking do. It's the best. And that's where I'm like, man, I feel bad for you because we do have that versatile ability to do that. And, mm-hmm. I, and I've had so many women on this show, like like Belle huge actress, directed Pam and Tommy. She talked about that herself. Mm. She's like, you know, here I am naked on a magazine and the next day, you know, a turtleneck factory it is. Like whatever, <laughs> you know? And it's just, or I'm behind the camera directing right, right. and it's the coolest thing. And for you, like I bring it back to somebody who, you know, I covered Me Too extensively as mm-hmm. it was happening in Hollywood, right? And I've I've interviewed our Kelly survivors. I've written op-eds on it. And I talk about how you have been through this multiple times, yet own your sexuality. You know, it reminds me of a girl who was in my Playboy feature that's all about everything we're talking about, like unleashing both. And it was on the heels of Me Too, which is why it was so provocative, because Mm -hmm. it's like, this is all going on. Meanwhile, here are five writers, journalists, Mm -hmm. being naked, and then writing too. It's like, what? Um, One of the girls... It was also a survivor, and she talks about, like, I'm not going to let that dictate who I am, and I'm going to reclaim that. Now, I want to ask, which is so powerful, which reminds me of what you're doing, too. You know, in Hollywood, I feel like – I was watching this new documentary, and it's called This Changes Everything. Gina Davis did it. I don't know if you've heard about it. Every actress is in it, and it it runs through all these stats. And, like, I'm not downplaying how women have had a disadvantage and have – not gotten into the rooms men have or have in shitty ways, right, in the past. Now we're turning the tables and massive made massive strides. But at the same time, like, these women all claim to be such victims. And I'm like, you're Meryl Streep. Like, you're this. You're fucking crushing it. Like, you have so much success and all this. And in my mind, when they're claiming victim all the time, it makes me feel like people like you who are true, who have been through true trauma, it, like – does a disservice to you guys. Mm-hmm. Am I crazy far off? I think that, and I think we talked about this before, I, <clears throat> we, the pendulum was all the way over here and we were worth nothing as women and we were second class citizens. Exactly. And so, and I think with all social issues, the pendulum's over here, pendulums have to go the other way. So I understand socially that right now, People almost, in a way, I think sometimes don't want to be left out of the the, the Me Too conversation. So they'll they'll <clears throat> they'll find their own voice in it. I don't find that anyone else else's experience discounts mine because it doesn't go together for me. Like I don't care, and I don't know. You know, I had to learn a while ago that trauma is relative. So I don't like to ever compare trauma because. It's not, it's not, to someone who hasn't experienced anything else, that guy touching her ass, even though, you know, the guy's taking some other girl, ripping her clothes off and brutally raping her, to the girl whose ass was touched, that might 
that might feel the same for her if that's what's relative to her reality. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't, woke culture can water things down, but the alternative to the pendulum is way less attractive to me. So I just want to be patient through the process of people Mm -hmm. figuring out how they feel about the wrongdoings of the world and just waiting for the pendulum to go in the middle. That's a great way of putting it because I feel like the reason why I hate the idea that women are innately all victims all the time is number one, the way you put it. Like, but even though you're saying it doesn't water down me or my experience or my voice, but also I feel like it does a disservice and washes away how far we've come and that women are, have made huge strides and aren't second class. Like they are like we're seeing in Iran. Right. And so that's where to me, it feels like, an entitlement when you have these actresses in this talk about, and it's not even necessarily, it'll be things like, you know, X amount less directors, X amount cast. And again, to your point, it's all moving the needle. Right. But to me, it's also like, it's all, you know, look at where we are though. Like yeah. it's pretty fucking great too. Like how far, you know, it kind I mean, we're in Tennessee. I don't know if you, uh, Oh, she's you know. like, have you looked um, around? Because but, newsflash. yes, it, uh, Yes, we've made strides, but mm, I don't. Uh, the sometimes we go too far this way, the wokey way, and I and I agree with that. But I do think like I think there's so much that still needs to be worked on that my brain doesn't really let that take up too much space. So like, yes, you're valid in what you're saying, but like I just don't really give a shit if. Anyone, if Meryl Streep's thing waters down what we're doing, like that's for the people to That's decide. not my fucking problem. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not my problem. I don't, like her shit you, is her shit. You know where it bothers me, Lou, and I've written op-eds about this, is where we're hearing it all the time. And when you're hearing like, okay, is this really, is this really, then when you hear a real, someone coming out. There's a second guessing, and I don't like that. I want women to fucking be believed when they're talking. And that's where the watering down, to me, becomes an issue. But that happens in human nature everywhere. We don't avoid that. In any movement, in any situation, everybody, there's always somebody crying wolf. So it's just the inevitable existence of humanity. Mm -hmm. We can't, you know, if we don't have the ability to critical think and and we start to discount people because other people have cried wolf, mm-hmm. then we're just not very smart. Mm-hmm. So Lou. What? Lou Ridley. Lou Ridley, who's who's done a video for the Recording Academy. Yeah. You guys might know the Grammys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No big deal. Yeah. No everyone's deal. looking at Lou. Um, <laughs> graveyard. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh my god. <laughs> Graveyard demos. Yeah. Yep. I have a question for you. What? Okay. Well, first of all, mesmerized by your spider tattoo here. Also, like, how many times have I me too you texting you? I'm like, hi, my sugar plum oh, pussy I don't care. fairy. <laughs> Um, but that, I don't get, like I, sex vitten, vixen, my, kitten. That's what I love about Lou. And she's like, hi, my sex doll, <laughs> blow up, hey, lover. No, literally, <laughs> yes, this is our text. But I, this is my big thing with that. Like, we need to get to a place where we pay attention to intention when people are speaking. Well, that's like, why I loved you that first day we sat down. That's yeah. why I was like. I'm not offended by no, something if I because, know the source. Well, that's why. And you, I felt like you could see where people were coming at. You're like, I could see you. Texas was your, you grew up in Texas, yeah, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you're like, I could see the conservative point of view. I can see the wokey wokesters. Like, that's what I love about you is you don't get bent out of shape. You're, mm. you're so passionate about, about what you believe in, right. but you can see everything. That's what I love. So what I was getting at, what I was going to ask you about okay. my love, what? why we're both burning a deep hell fire pit together and, there. and I don't know who's welcoming who first, but I'll be like, <laughs> here you are. I notice your, you know, cross earrings, you're wearing a cross necklace Mm -hmm. and we're going to talk about bless your heart. Okay. So bless your heart. And I want to talk about why, tell everybody the, the choice behind your, cause we've had private conversations, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. about Jesus. 
here in Asheville. And the sandals man. And the, the sandals man. And nothing you do is unintentional. Right. So. Do you want me to talk about the cross stuff? I grew do. up Southern Baptist. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that crosses should be, I mean, the whole point of God, right, is that everybody's included. That's how it's supposed to be. I don't know if all of you guys are doing that. God was actually, he loved everybody. She loved everybody. God to me is genderless, but whatever. It's a bigger conversation. I'll say he, so yes. everybody gets it. Um, <laughs> so you can wrap your brains around it. So, yeah. <laughs> I love you so much. Tips. You're not simple at all. I just, for, for the no. religious people that might be watching. Right. Um, God was love, right? So I just think that even though I'm not into religion at all, I shouldn't be excluded from being able to use crosses however I see fit because I think they're pretty. It's very Madonna, like a prayer (laughs) going on, right? Because it's always been a sort of provocative in pop culture thing. And I imagine here you find yourself in sometimes like a fish out of water given that we're in the Bible belt, which I've been grappling with. Like (laughs) I'm a Jew here, here before (laughs) Jew power tits (laughs) fly and I with with the star of David. No, but so I've been grappling with that because that in a new, in a way has been a new world for me. But given that you understand the world with your upbringing, Mm -hmm. but your music and your passions Mm -hmm. Uh, go head to head with a lot of those ideals mm-hmm. here, right? Yeah. So, talk about that experience before we get into "Bless Your Heart," which is um, really gorgeous. I have my own relationship with what I believe God to be, and I think that the relationship that I have in my experience is the relationship we should all be striving for. And I think part of the reason that in Western culture we're in such turmoil is because we feel as though there's like a dude with wavy hair pushing buttons and that we have like a to-do list of righteousness and that gets us into some alternate universe later. And really you're supposed to be emanating God at all times. God to me is this genderless floating nebulous thing, right? So if I'm God, because I'm created in their image, then that means I go out into the world and I do what I feel Mm -hmm. is my calling and in my oneness to do. So for me, because I don't have issues with being disliked, um, it's to use my voice. It's to use my gift to communicate what I think a lot of people are not willing to look at right now because it's triggering or it's whatever it's, you know, we're so divided. Mm-hmm. And so I think being in the middle is my, my power. A hundred percent. And it's interesting to me because we are so divided, even when it comes to religion as it pertains to pop culture, right? right. How it's, it's interesting how every religion, when they get, jabbed at or if someone's making like a provocative point Mm -hmm. they'll be like oh how come we're the target but this would never fly with x group so an example is when machine gun kelly and megan fox Uh did their play on like the dominatrix priest thing for halloween and no i was like this is an aesthetic this is a vibe this is going on a poster at my wall with my lava lamp no exactly and um a lot of, you know, Christians were losing their minds being like, how come we're the target? How come we always get this and it's okay? And, you know, it's just, well, isn't their relationship with God so strong that they should have the answer already? Because they walk around wagging their finger at everybody else. So why are you asking me that question? If you have such a strong relationship with God that you should be affecting policy, why the fuck are you asking me why you're the target? Why am I the fucking target? Why are women the target? Which brings us to... Bless your heart. Right. So, and the reason we say, yeah, if everyone's like, duh. Well, yeah, yes, She's but scary also, now. <laughs> She's mad. Witch lady. Her no. mushrooms were off. <laughs> no, I love it. Um, and also, I want to clarify, too, like, I talk about being this, like, big, bold Jew. I haven't stepped foot in a temple in, like, in, in years. Your but relationship is your relationship. That's, no, it speaks to me what you're saying. Like, I'm a very spiritual person. I believe in something bigger. And... 
very, very like witchy, you guys know, which is why I like your witch vibes. Like we're going to go to our <laughs> coven, do our seance right after this. Yeah, I think literally. something I try to wrap my head around being a new resident in the Bible Belt is it, it's it's like someone else's version of the same thing. Something bigger fades, something at play that you can't see. It's just with them, there's like a face to it. And my yeah. brain, I think of it as like an all ever present power Mm -hmm. and my brain won't put it to like a person sitting up there being like hey everybody that's not even like my brain won't do it and so that's where I'm at with it (laughs) let's check because your brain is working it's in there it's popping it's in there it's popping so that's where I'm at with it but bless your heart Mm -hmm. so bless your heart is a very moving very intense pointed video song Mm -hmm. um, that you did. I'm going to have you explain it and take the floor. But something that's so striking to me about it is given that it's what I said earlier, we are in a time that is so beat your head over with everything. Right. You said to me, I want to reach the people who are most likely going to have like an adverse reaction to what I do mm-hmm. through the back door and right. have it sting like a fucking bee and have them not even realize it. Right. And I feel like this is bless your heart. Right. Thanks. Like you watch <laughs> this video, you listen to the song and you're just stop in your tracks. Like the Holy Ghost takes over you, no pun intended. So <laughs> tell everybody about, sure. about that. So um, I grew up in the South. I grew up listening to country music. I tried really hard to get away from it when I lived in LA, but the reality is I I make country leaning music. So when I came back to Nashville and and we were having these conversations, I came back from LA and and I'm like, we're still talking about women's bodily autonomy. Like how the fuck are we doing this Mm -hmm. shit still? And at the time when I wrote Bless Your Heart, nothing had passed yet. Nothing was in motion. I think maybe the heartbeat bill was on its way. Um, and when I write anything like hometown, anything, I like to take something that you would think is the property of Southern religious people. And I like to write it from the rest of our perspective, because again, all of this is mine as well. It's not just theirs. So bless your heart is something my family grew up saying we are country as fuck. So like, And bless your heart is kind of a slap in the face when you say it. So I wrote the song about the abortion ban, about the attack on gay rights in the South, about all of it. Um, And I wrote it using a euphemism that people here would understand so that they might click on it thinking it's about something else. And then maybe it makes them think. And then maybe we make progress. So you said on your Instagram... To the men who knew it was coming, thank you for your blessing. Oh, for graveyard demos? For graveyard demos. Yeah. And I feel like you so strategically walk this line of coming from a very personal, passionate place of being hurt by men, getting this message out to them, Mm -hmm. especially to what you're saying, these sort of um, holier-than-thou Christian conservative thinking Mm -hmm. folk, right? But also not male bashing. I try not to. Right? I make my jokes here and there about the shitty... Like shout out to fat ball guy user, (laughs) AOL user 332. But but my best friend is going to get so mad at me. She's she's like, you can't say the word fat anymore. I'm like, I don't... Okay, fine. Oh. I don't Big know. Big bones, husky. Know. I, whatever. You know okay. what I'm talking about. We all know what they look like. But um, I have a lot of respect for most of the men that I've had feelings for in my life. So when I, because Graveyard Demos, I named the songs after the men they were about. So I reached out to most of the men beforehand to get their blessing, to make sure they were comfortable with me releasing a song with their name because a lot of them are in relationships now or whatever. And I'm like, am I going to piss off your girlfriend? Like, I just want you to know. And I got the blessing from all except one that I didn't reach out to um, because he's a special case. What is the... Given that that's your goal and your mission is like, let me reach these people who need to hear it most and not in a way that's combative or going to make them shut off right away, Mm -hmm, but that's mm -hmm. really moving. Um, Have you found that? Has that been your response? Like maybe dudes reaching you being like, 
holy shit. Like, because in the Bless Your Heart video, it portrays you, by the way, like, speak about Meryl, like, past the Oscar, bitch, because you (laughs) are playing someone being assaulted. Yes, I get raped by a politician. And And then him and his wife give me an abortion in their house. And your face is, like, in the camera. Yeah. Like, it is one and the same. It was, that video was more tame than I wanted it in my head, which is fine. Moving forward, I'm not doing that. But um, we were trying to meet in the middle. I just, I had people around me who care for me, who want to protect me. So they were giving their feedback from a loving place. But I don't think they understand the fire that burns inside of me. So gone are those days. But we were trying to play a middle ground in hopes that country would acknowledge the video. Because the whole point was to reach country audience. Because country music fans are traditionally more christian value which is fine but that's what i'm trying to reach that's why i'm trying i'm trying to get your brain working a little bit to see that maybe what you're being fed isn't what's actually going to serve the greater good what's been the feedback uh i had a number of journalists tell me that they absolutely love me but that they cannot write about it because their editors told them no so that's what's wild which was in my handy dandy notes yeah something that is so wild to me is how it's and your experience something almost opposite of what I experienced in Woketopia Hollywood right which is anytime I had an argument that was not in complete line with woke yeah ideology yeah they were like you're nuts like I pitched an op-ed talking about what we're talking about um earlier with watering down me to stories of someone who inter- you know right and the Atlantic wrote me and they were like, this is a pressing, important, great piece of journalism, but like, you know, we can't run this. And I was like, why? And they never responded. Well, right. This is my thing. Like, this is what they think about us. This is what they think about you guys, that you're so stupid that you're, the information can only be fed to you in these tiny, super triggering bits. This is how little the powers that be think of our IQ and our ability to use context clues this is how stupid they think we exactly are. and so exactly there's no room for nuance at all no. everything is in their tiny stupid little box and it's one of the reasons I left LA because I was like well Jesus I can't have a say about anything unless it's like hail the woke Hitler like seriously right. so right. here you told me when we first sat down that, yeah, these traditionally, you know, right-wing publications won't pick you up. And my mind was like, oh, they won't because it's completely opposite of what I experienced, which is so wild. Yeah. They, I mean, they don't, I don't think country music likes me very much. I think some of the country fans are really starting to get into it, but country music, I think at this point is like actively trying to push me down. And what are some things like, that you've actually experienced besides not getting picked up, say by a journalist who would pick up Daisy May over there singing right. about boots or whatever it is. Like what Daisy's boots, <laughs> Daisy and her, boots. my daddy's boots. <laughs> no, not another song about our dads. <laughs> we don't have dads. Stop. Oh my God. Daddy issues. Mm. Volume one. I did. Ha- I do have a dad. I, I do. He's gone, but I, I did. Yeah. Um, but, I have a dad uh, too. I love my dad. But other than that, I mean, it's just that people don't want to write with me. Like, I don't, this is my you thing. You can like feel it. I right? don't reach out because I don't, like, I don't do rounds. I don't give a shit about if, if somebody wants me in the space, they'll invite me into the space mm-hmm. and I can write a country song with my eyes closed because we all know the content is like six, six topics deep. So if you want to write a country hit, call me and I'll write it with you. But, like, I don't really exist in the space because the space is still behind. So I have my people that I find kindred spirits in, and I'm happy to exist in the space. I Like, I'm not going to run in there and go, ah, with my fucking torch. But I think (laughs) they're all, at this point, like, oh, she's a crazy bitch. So we're going to keep calling Kaylee May Lee over here and and have her. Don't forget Daisy May. Daisy May and Kaylee May Lee. (laughs) And I love the Daisy May and the Kaylee. Yes. This is my thing. You're valuable too, but you can't be, this is the thing I tweeted the other day. It's fine that we write about white men making country music because there's a lot of white guys making country music, but just so we're clear, there are a lot of other people making country music and these journalists will not write about it. But it doesn't affect me. But there's something too about, and I experienced this in LA, like 
you can almost just feel it. It's mm-hmm. like, oh, fuck that girl. Like, yes. like it's it's not – maybe it's not like a blatant outward yes. thing. Yes. It's like a vibe. Like, you can oh, feel – Oh, I get a vibe. I get a vibe when I do. Vibe. Like, when someone wants to bring me to an industry thing, and everybody knows it's me because of my hair – you know, what's funny though, is a lot of people will tell me privately how much they appreciate what I'm doing, but they're very afraid to extend their resources to actually promote what it is I'm doing because their but pockets are lined with, right. That's this industry though. Yeah. Everybody's so self-involved yeah. and wanting yeah. to protect their own ass. And right? I don't, um, but do how do you, Lou, cause you talk about like there are other people out there making country, you know? Yeah. And like, you know, we're hearing about this more. It's like the traditional, like, old white men's game versus the new wave. I just talked to Blake Shelton about this yeah. as my listeners. And as you know, we're going to talk about this in a second because the country PR game is really oh. one that leaves much to be desired. <laughs> um, but, you know, again, it's like the women's, how far we've come with women's rights, right? Like, right. how do we acknowledge, like, listen, there's beauty in um, the traditional that's like, that, you know, we can pay respect and owe to, but also like we have this breaking through too, like marrying those instead of like eradicating one or the other, right? Like, where do you fall when it comes to that here? I think that, I think that as the people, as the listeners, we have a lot more power than we think we do because 99% is a lot more than 1%, but because we have so many divisions, we can't get on the same page. So I feel like, I feel like it's a slap in the face to country consumers that they, again, think so little of you that they think they can only feed you one kind of artist. Mm -hmm. And then what they'll do is the performative thing, like Mickey Guyton, amazing, but they're parading her around because they want to show that they're inclusive. Mm -hmm. It it was country's attempt to be like, see, we don't Mm -hmm. mind. Look at it. But in reality, I have other friends of color who can't get anything done here's the thing and this applies to everything in media like acting journalism hosting whatever it is right how do you see us walking that line of genuinely fostering good up-and-coming talent who normally wouldn't get in the door versus Mm. being like here's the token black girl here's the token woman everybody see because Nobody deserves or wants to be a token. And I don't think anyone should be given something just because they're a blank, right? Right. It's like, who's the best at this? Who's the best artist? Mm -hmm. Who's the ex could do this job, right? It Mm -hmm. applies to any sector. What do I think about it? Um, I think that a lot of us that are outliers are like my label is like, we're not even going to brand you as country anymore because we're sick of country. So you're going to make the music you make and mm-hmm. it, we're going to come back around to country. And so I think that unfortunately for now, that's the path mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we are having to go outside of country lines. And then that's when we're undeniable and the rest of the world is like, Hey, this person is good in their country. Then country goes, yeah, okay, I guess. That's what I think about it. I think that until we get up to speed with the rest of the world and stop being so niche and weird that I'm going to diddle around outside of the lines. And then when I'm undeniable, then what are you going to do? Have you gotten any, um, I'm sure you have, have you gotten any feedback about how you message what you message like do this Lou do a little less of this a little more of this oh no we don't want to rock the boat with this we don't want to you know what I mean or is it just like to be honest dude most of the people in my life are like just let the bitch do what she's gonna do nobody's like (laughs) yeah because you'll be like I'll do a hex on your ass if I'm not so (laughs) sorry like everybody obviously like I want my friends to always feel like they can give me feedback and they do but like I come from the school of thought that like what I'm supposed to be saying is what I'm saying. What I'm supposed to be doing is what I'm doing. Even if I get, you know, help and burn at the stake for it. Mm -hmm. If, 
if I needed to say it, then it needed to come out. I'm just, again, a vessel to yeah. connection. So I don't really like, I find my friends have the same experience of me. So no one's trying to tame me. If anything, my label and like my publicist, they're like, like go, more, that's, that's a gift. <laughs> my publicist was like, we should start clo- covering one of your eyes in your photos. So they start thinking you're Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Oh my God. Who is this genius? And Literally. how do I hire them? So she's amazing. I love but that's that. The thing. Like it just. You you don't sign on with me with the intent of watering Boxing me you. down. Thank I God. think earlier on in my career, you when experience. I was signed to other situations, they were like, well, let's put you in this box. And yeah. you're the new Amy Winehouse or you're the new this. And, yeah. and I would be honored to be that. But I'm not the new Amy Winehouse. There's never going to be another Amy Winehouse. Yeah. So it's like I'd rather be – I just, I surround myself with people who just be like, all right, bitch. Whatever. I'm so glad to hear that because I experience this in every city, in every dimension of my career, in every role, especially I'm seeing here quickly in Nashville, yeah. meeting these higher ups. People don't have vision. They want to brand you the next this, the next that. And they yeah. don't have the vision to think outside the box and yeah. carve a new lane and go this. Yeah. And I love, I think that's why you and I get along so well because we don't agree on everything, but we both. I love what you said about like, I'm in the middle. I can see this. I can see that. And it's like breaking. It's what, it's what I fucking live for. It's like, who said like these arbitrary brought boxes of yeah. like all of it. Like well, being it's, a it's, woman, being a guy, it's commentary, woke. It's like, it's commentary it. to what they think that our brains are capable of. Literally. Caveman. So you caveman. should take it as an insult that they think you can only receive information in this very base. And for some people, like, honestly, it's true. Some of the people that comment on my TikTok, I'm like, you have got to read a book. But like, <laughs> just one, just one. But just also one. some people to be, that's unkind in yeah. the same vein, because it's like, you know, people don't have the same access to education and stuff. So no, like yeah. being sensitive to that and being a vessel. But it's also, it's interesting because sometimes I had a guy the other night tell me at a party, like sometimes because I can see all sides, I'll challenge both sides. Mm-hmm. And I just say what I fucking think and I don't care. And it yeah. could be th- it could this person will want to cancel me, that person same with you. Yeah. And I had a guy to me say to me, you need to pick a lane one way or the other. Like people's their brains can't wrap ahead. Sometimes people be like, I listen to your show and I just I don't really get it. Like I don't know where you it's like talk yeah, about simpleton. That's the point. But I want you to not get disagree. It disagree and feel empowered or don't or that like that's the point exactly and I think you know both of us are privileged you know we have privilege and I think that that's part of what gives us the balls to go out into the world and do this shit and I think I think again I'm gonna use this privilege the way that I think is the right way to go about benefiting others I don't care if some people don't get it the information isn't for you then Nobody gets it. Nobody gets anybody. Like not everybody understands anybody. Super non-confrontational artists sometimes break through like an Adele that is just Mm -hmm. so good and has not much in the way of political stuff. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. But like most artists, I mean, we're not for everybody. No, that's it. I will say though, the privilege thing strikes a chord because- Big time. I saw your little face. Yeah, I was like, here she goes. I'm like, because, you know, that, I feel like it's thrown around. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, but like in what context? Because I know for me and what I'm doing, right, like I have, I can get emotional talking about it, but I have sacrificed so much to where my listeners don't even know everything. Like I'm living off savings right now. Right. I, during the pandemic, wipe down hot yoga, sweaty people's mats. Mm-hmm. I waitressed at a chowder house. Mm-hmm. Like I went from like being at the Oscars right. to wiping toilets right. in a restaurant, literally right. as of like last year. Right. So, you know, that strikes a chord, like I said, because I think people don't realize the, to be in this business and to carve a path mm-hmm. It is fucking hard. Like the nights that I've cried myself to sleep and, and bang my head against the wall and the sacrifice and uncertainty and, and I chose it. I chose it. So I'm not a victim of it, but, um, all I can say is it is so fucking hard. Well, this is my thing. And this is, again, this goes back to my bigger message, which is context. 
both can be true. It's the thing of like comparing traumas. I am privileged because I'm a pretty white girl, but I also have experienced extreme trauma and struggle. I think that where we, I think that where we, where we fuck up as a society in Western culture is we're just waiting for someone to devalue us by some random comment. I'm not saying you didn't struggle. I'm saying that you're still a pretty white girl and that gets us in rooms that it doesn't get everybody in. That doesn't mean I don't know that you struggle. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like, Mm -hmm. I think it is being present in your own body enough to understand that both can be true. Yes, because you and I were talking about this recently, and I love what you said, which my listeners know I'm such an advocate for, is, I forget the way you framed it, but it was not being in a mindset that, it almost like, it was another way of saying like victim mentality, like a place of lack or a place of constantly being put down, like not living in that space. And I fucking love that for anybody because I just think it's like so much more powerful. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're looking, if you're looking, if you're looking for someone to devalue you and discount you, especially as a woman, you're going to find it all day long. Exactly. Oh my God. I totally nothing anyone, which is goes back to our whole conversation. Nothing anybody says to me, to me hits me. The feedback from someone I value is different. But when people are just hurling things, because when people go on and they say, well, what would you know, your little Barbie, blah, 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 that isn't a me problem. That's a you that, problem. Yes, yes. Because I'm, I'm self-aware. I know what I've yes. been able to get because of the way that I look versus sure. looking different. That's a good way of putting it. That doesn't devalue the extreme struggle and the fact that I'm taking that struggle and turning it into something that helps as many people as possible. That's because a, I have really context and it. I have understanding. Yeah. So even your like in body reaction to be like, well, wait a minute, you don't know. That's because men have been trying to discount you since the fucking beginning. So your body goes, no, wait, she's saying that I didn't, I didn't say that. Oh, I didn't say you oh. didn't struggle. I said what I said. You know, there isn't is, that crazy. <laughs> well, there's something to be said. I'm like really soaking in what you're saying about like, I'm the pretty white girl. And like owning it. And it's kind of everything. It's like what I talked about earlier, like having the self-awareness to be like, sure, I'm a Barbie male fantasy. And also, I'm going to outsmart you in any room, buddy. a fucking vicious mouth. So. And brain. Yeah. And, but yes, but having that self-awareness is of like, this is how I show up and people see me in the world. So owning that and then also owning the other thing. And then, yeah, like what comes out, I think that's such a good lesson. It's like a projection. It's not about you. It's about the other person. I know what, what the, how I look like is how I was, this is the body I was dropped into. So I'm detached from it. I'm detached from it. Like, I'm like, this is what I've got. I would not be who I say I am if I pretended I didn't know what I had. And that just is what I just, we all, it's the victim. And I'm not a victim of anything. No, I love that. I'm not a victim. Whatever I experienced was what I had to experience to get to this place now where I don't give a single fuck about the repercussions. I want to help people. I want to raise the vibration of the world. I want to be one of the people who's having the conversation that no one wants to have, even if it doesn't always come out right, which I think was Kanye's initial mission until it went somewhere else. But like, that was his whole thing is I'll be the person to say the thing that George Bush doesn't care about black people. Well, he doesn't. So he wasn't wrong. But like, again, we got to do what we got to do. And I was dropped in here and here I am. And let's just fucking, let's go for it. Lou Ridley, everybody. That's what <laughs> everything you're about speaks to. Um, what I'm about is empowering people to fucking talk and think yeah. what they fucking think. Yeah. Right. Um, before we wrap, um, and we talk about the Blake Shelton publicity of it all mm. and publicity and country music, uh, speaking, you know, to bless your heart, you had a very personal, experience with a friend and an abortion and how it's like this can be this and my my viewers know how I feel about it and about bodily autonomy um this can be like a hot button you know a a virtue signally whatever thing thrown around and for you like even for this experience is a reminder of how fucking real it gets right um and 
you know, I've joked even moving to Tennessee and when everything went down, I'm like, so no man even look at me. Immaculate conception cannot happen here. Like nothing is even ever going to happen. Don't even think about it, buddy. Um, Tell us about, you know, your experience and how it just became very real. Well, because I'm vocal about human rights, um, when people around Nashville need help, I'm one of the people that someone else suggests because they know that I probably have some semblance of like, what do we do next? So I had a friend call me um, and let me know that she was pregnant and that we needed to stop that. Um, She used a condom and she took a plan B. So before everyone gets self-righteous about women are whores, um, she's in a relationship. So, and even if she wasn't, it doesn't make her a whore, but just for the sake of argument, because that's well all over my fucking TikTok is like, well, women should be abstaining from sex. Well, too bad you're taking it from us every day, but whatever. Anyway, I mean, you guys could all just get a vasectomy. Too. I mean, snip, snip, baby. So we had to, you know, I had to reach out to the resources that I knew about because I know some of the politicians in the state and um, we had to drive to Illinois. And we had to get it done. And luckily she's privileged and she has money and she has a car and she's self-employed. So we were able to do all the things in a relative time period. But my brain is thinking of the younger women who can't even afford a pregnancy test, having to figure out how to get a car, how to get transportation to get there. It just, the whole thing for me you know, and I'm seeing all these women on TikTok that are, that are experiencing these horrific medical struggles because doctors are too afraid Mm -hmm. to operate because they don't want to go, they don't want to go defend a felony in court. Mm -hmm. And it's, to me, the abortion ban is the antithesis to God. And that's how I feel about it. And that would be completely an oxymoron. Mm -hmm. Because a pro-lifer would say, God wanted it. God wanted this baby. But what what are you doing for the babies that are here? That's my issue. There are hundreds of thousands of children suffering, dying. In the state of Tennessee, there are lots of children dying because we don't have the funding to go into these homes, get them out. They're sleeping on DCS floors. Hospitals are now housing these children. So... Whatever weird, because it's not, abortion isn't in the Bible. So whatever weird thing you heard from some fucking guy, your false idol that you're told not to worship according to your Bible, whatever dude you're listening to that convinced you that this was the holy grail of of your relationship with God, to me, you are in direct you're directly hitting head with with what you're you're going to Africa and preaching, it doesn't like if you really take the logic. It, logically, none of that makes any sense. It doesn't like. How are you only concerned with the life when it is still in the mother's body, but once the life is out, you don't do anything? Well, that's. I've heard barely anything in this about every now and then it'll be like an adoption resource, da, da, da. but I'm like, is anyone going to be talking about childcare or education or resources or any, like that's the part that drives me crazy. And that's where all day long people can be on their, you know, soapbox. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's when it just, you know, it shit gets real. If um, you believe that your religious beliefs should be affecting people's access to healthcare. You are a pawn. And the people in power are feeding you bullshit and you're eating it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And you better crack open your book again and reread it. And you know, it's completely hypocritical because I had the backs of people. Now people will say it's not the same thing, but I had the backs of people who with the vaccine, we're like, my body, my choice, you know, on the right. And now I'm like, does that not apply now? No. And that's my point. If you, like, the hypocrisy is, it's, is it's anti-God. Nuts. It's, it's nuts. It's anti-faith. The hypocrisy is nuts. Um, especially when someone's own, like, pairing a, a fetus has, like, 
quite literally nothing to do with you. So that's like the wild part to me, the hypocrisy. Yeah. Um, but lastly, everybody knows it's a story heard around the world trying to go deep with Blake Shelton and his peeps and what happens at Taylor slap on the wrist, cancel me baby as huge. We're used to it. So something Lou that I'm finding here that is so mind blowing is a reason part of the reason now country music is not my forte, right. but given my work, people are like, Oh, you got to have a great time with country stars. Mm-hmm. Like they'll really open up and I'm like, that'll be a fun kind of thing to, Okay, yeah, no, her head is like literally it's country it's, stars. It's, it's a full forty five grade. Okay, so I'm quickly finding here maybe Willie Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> no, like Willie hit me up because I am thinking, okay, these people are out here and they are singing about their beer and their whiskey and their trucks and their boots, and I am like, what is happening? Because I'm here and people are like, oh, you good luck with that because actually they are the most uptight yeah like closed off calculated entertainers yes a facade yes forming that you will ever meet yes and so where's the lie right uh, what there's no lie uh, that's why they hate me so much <laughs> <laughs> so basically you and i will just uh take the city by storm no but um what the fuck is up with that well you know i mean i think i think that you know, there's an attempt to really Gilead it in the South right now. And I think that those people, the people that are writing Blake Shelton's checks are the people that need everybody to virtue signal and be, be unaware of their surroundings and be divided from other people and not hold them accountable because the guy that writes Blake Shelton's checks also owns the prison and owns the private education and gives to the same politicians. And it's all one big circle of money, right? And Blake Shelton is a tiny little dinklebob in that circle. He does not have the desire to be out of the circle because most entertainers these days don't. You know, it's wild. It's the other side of the woke-topia, lefty-leftist Hollywood coin. Right, I mean, think about it. Like with Olivia Rodrigo and Jayla, all these people singing with with Biden and braiding his hair, whatever, like what's left of it. But you know what I'm saying? Like it's another side of the same coin. It is. Yeah, it's another side of the same coin. Which is crazy. And I am not Republican or Democrat, but what I will say is that given that Republican in the South has turned into this Christian nationalism thing, the only choice that's less dangerous until we do away with the political party system and, and get together and figure out that this is all a big fucking hoax to control us. No, until it, we no, get there, like when will it until we get clear? there, I have to align with Democrats because the Republicans scare the ever living shit out of me and they are in control of the state or you could be that fierce in the middle what you're saying like fuck all y'all for different reasons cancel me baby cancel me lou i dare you like i'm that but i have to also we have to remember that if we're going out into the world and we're being leaders and i know that people are paying attention to me now i'm getting a following on social media i'm gonna choose I'm going to choose to align with what I know is at least for the time being a safer choice for democracy and for our autonomy and for everyone's safety. And right now in the state of Tennessee, that's Democrats. It just is. It just, for the time being. But it kind of falls into what that guy said to me, like, you have to pick a side. It's like that tribal thing. And it's like, but why? You don't, but I, what are, uh, I'm not going to lead everyone not to vote because that doesn't make sense. You see what I'm saying? Like, I want everyone to critical think and get on the same page. But while we're not on the same page, this is what I would choose if I had to choose, which we do for now. So it's unrealistic to, it's unrealistic to not co-sign anyone because I'd rather be a voice for the other side than a voice for, well, just ignore it. Because how many people do we know that are like, oh, I don't vote. Like, I don't really care about Well, not that. ignore, yes, not ignore it. But I think we need a... We basically need the Lou's and the Taylors. We need the right. populist pe- per- right. people of the people, young, fresh, to come in and not continuously be going for these, like, dinos who are destructive on both sides, right? They're horrible everywhere you they look. They are it horrible. Just, it is. Like, I know some politicians in Tennessee that are, not, that are incredible. But, like, overall, 
the political game is a game and it's a game run by the same people that run all the other games. And you know what? We and the public are the people getting played, clearly. Yeah, they think we're really Time and time again. They think we are so stupid. And it goes so deep as to what we were saying into press and entertainment and media. It is all intertwined. Right. So welcome the witches of Nashville, you and I, to break this shit open and make everyone aware. following witch. Because my ex ran around town and told everybody I'm a witch. And I was putting my period blood on his food. I didn't, first of all. It was only one time. I can't (laughs) even use a diva cup because I'm like still getting comfortable with my own creation. But um, whatever, if, if manifesting and caring about the earth and caring about humanity and not being a doodle bob makes me a witch, then by all means, baby, I'm a witch. Lou Ridley, everybody, cancel her. Try. Try. I mean, honestly, I would love <laughs> Take us both <laughs> out, two birds, enough, and see. I got You know I got you're doing something letter. right. You know you're doing something right if they try because it means you're somewhat interesting and have a message That's that what I'm saying. Need. So, like, period. I need more death letters. It's been a minute since no, I got I know, a handwritten I'm bored. Letter. I'm bored. Someone yeah, right? Me. Yeah, I'm bored at this point. So, <laughs> thank you, Lou Ridley. Yeah, you know, so. I'm really going to sit on... I'm, I'm really going to sit on what you said about how when I had that knee-jerk thing of like, you know, I've worked as hard and I've struggled and sacrificed. And what you said was so interesting. You're like, men taught you that or something that's like a knee-jerk Yeah, we thing. feel like we're in defense mode constantly. And that's not just is men that, that taught men? us that. Is it's it like social media, how everyone's life it's, is perfect? It's, and you're like, but mine, it's our fucking culture. I'm flailing as fuck. Like, no. But. It's, it's Western culture. It's like we right now we all feel suffocated. Even men, they feel like, why are I attacking men now? Because there are plenty of wonderful men. But like, it's it's our culture right now. We're trying to one-up each other's traumas. We're trying to discount each other. We're trying to cancel each other. We're trying to fucking Clearly. clobber each other down. Meanwhile, the same people just it's float like above it all. Games. It is the Hunger Games. It's the Hunger Games. And I'm trying to Katniss, y'all. If you just, just two little Katnisses. Just two little Katnisses and their big dick energy swords, bitch. Right. Period. Thanks, Lou. Yeah, no problem. 